brand new episode of Cycle Talk SA. It is number 11. I'm Brad Brown, your host. Thank you for joining us this week and another very, very busy show and very, very chuffed actually to have uh, all three guests on the show this week. And first of all, I, I must say congratulations to Louis Mankis. What a great performance in the under-23 UCI World Championships. And the great news is I have Louis on this week's show, so we'll be chatting to him. Also, this past weekend, I emceed out at a cycle race on the West Rand of Johannesburg, uh, all part of the Go West Cycle Tour. And I managed to catch up with the winner of that one, big purse at that race as well. Nolan Hoffman uh, out-sprinted everyone. It was a big bunch uh, sprint. Nolan Hoffman, uh, the man to cross the line first, 40,000 rand richer as well. Chatted to Nolan. And then I also caught up with Mike Hewan uh, from The Complete Cyclist. And I wanted to chat to Mike. Uh, a lot of times, especially novices and especially female novices, are very nervous to head out on the road because they're not quite sure what they need to, to do or take from a uh, spares and maybe tools perspective when it comes to heading out on the road. What do you need? Uh, what could go wrong? And we chat to Mike a little bit about that. Very interesting chat. So if you're a novice cyclist, and in particular, if you're a female novice cyclist, you definitely want to listen to that interview. That's all coming up on this week's show. As always, I love hearing from you. Had tons of great feedback after last week's show with Kath Albertain and Roald de Jong. Uh, that uh, Send Coles challenge that Roald did sounds absolutely amazing. But keep the feedback coming. You can tweet us at CycleTalkSA. You can also Facebook us. You just look us up, facebook.com uh, forward slash CycleTalkSA. Or alternatively, you can pop me an email as well. My email address is podcast at CycleTalkSA.co.za. If I could ask a massive favor as well, if you wouldn't mind just taking a couple of seconds of your time uh, and leaving us a star rating on iTunes. Uh, we've got some great ones uh, of late. And what that does is it helps other people find this podcast. And if you find this helpful and informative, I'd love it if you would uh, help me share it with other people. A star rating on iTunes. And uh, if you've got a bit more time, take only a minute. Leave us a review as well. Tell us your thoughts of the show on iTunes. It is that easy. Uh, and yeah, let's get straight into this week's show. First guest uh, and what a performance uh, last week, Friday. Uh, let's chat to Louis Mainkees. Absolutely awesome uh, this week to catch up with Louis Mankey's fantastic rides uh, at the World Champs in the under-23s last week, bagging silver for Team South Africa. Louis, thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us. Where in the world do we find you? In Italy, right? Uh, yeah, I'm in Italy at the moment, in Luca. Fantastic. Louis, congrats on your ride. You must be, must be super chuffed. Yeah, I'm over the moon. It's, it's really satisfying finally getting a result there. Yeah, I mean, as, as as far as the race goes, it was it was fairly tough. I mean, we watched it here. There were lots of attacks, guys trying to get off the front and then pulling them back. And uh, I mean, t tell me a little bit about the race itself, just from a tactics perspective for yourself, because there were a couple of teams in there, different nations, who had quite a few riders. There weren't that many South Africans in there. So from a teamwork perspective, it must have been really difficult for you. You had to pick who you needed to stick with and then and then go at the right time. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, we were three South Africans, Johan van Fell and Christopher Jennings were my teammates. And the plan was that they look or they take care of the first part of the race. So they sat on the front of the bunch and made sure no dangerous moves went away. And then I waited for the finish. And yeah, luckily it paid off. 
And, and, and the route itself, I mean, I, I know the men's race this weekend, the conditions were absolutely, the, the seniors race, the, the conditions were absolutely atrocious. It wasn't the greatest for you guys either. It was, it was a hard race, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a hard race. Well, the conditions actually suited me, so it was, it was very good for that. And the course suited me as well, so yeah, I'm very lucky this year. Louis, talk to me a little bit about your career. You're racing for, for Team MT in Quebec at the moment. Where did your, your, cycling, your cycling career start? I mean, how did you get involved in the sport? Uh, yes, I'm racing for MT in Quebec at the moment. Um, I started racing competitively when I was about 16 years old. And, yeah, I rode for the academy for many years. And, yeah, finally, now I'm running for a pro continental team. And, and and from the team, I mean, we had Douglas Douglas Ryder on the show uh, just a few weeks ago, just talking about his sort of hopes and ambitions for the team and, and where he sees it going in the next few years. You, you're obviously really well placed. I mean, with that silver at the World Champs and, and with the plans that, that, that Douglas has got for, for the team in, in the coming year, in the coming two years, from a personal sort of perspective, uh, perspective what are your ambitions in in that team where do you see yourself a year two years from now uh well anything to better i think is it's, it's a very good team for any site or any applicants so it's much better than or you can get a much better name racing for an african team than going to race for any other european team so for me it's perfect so yeah and i see it growing enormously i think the, the effort the guys are putting in it's just amount of time before it starts paying out Louis, I ask a lot of a lot of young cyclists this, uh, who who are, are sort of up and coming and getting some great results. This year for South African cycling has been a been a fantastic year. If you look at what's happened on on the international circuit and top tier, uh, in particular the Tour de France, with Daryl MP being in yellow, the first South African and first African ever to to don the yellow jersey, and then a guy like Chris Froome who's got very strong South African connections. We like to claim him as our own, although uh, Britain and Kenya will, will will beg to differ. How much has those performances this year given guys like yourself belief that you know what? I'm good enough to, to be here and I'm and I'm good enough to mix it up with the best in the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely inspired us. They both Darwinpi and Chris Shum are like a role model to a lot of South Africans and other Africans. So yeah, I think it's the what they did inspired us quite a lot. So yeah, and I think this is momentum that's gonna keep on building. So uh, and then, Louis, tell me a little bit about the year you guys have had in Europe from an experience point of view. It, it's been a, a sharp learning curve, I'm sure. But but what's the what what's the the two or, or let's just say one? What's the one big thing you'll take out of this year from a from an experience point of view? Uh, yeah, definitely a, a big learning curve. Just I think racing in the bunch is one of one of the big things you learn. Yeah, it's the respect of the other riders and learning learning what's acceptable and what's not. So, yeah, definitely just being part of the European bunch. You've, you've obviously had sort of expectations on, on, on what you thought it might be like heading over from South Africa to Europe to, to race on that circuit. What's been the biggest surprise for you that, that you thought something would be one way, but it's actually turned out to be totally different? Um, <laughs> I think one of the biggest surprises is actually being able to race. I thought because it was always a dream and you always think it's going to be so hard and you think maybe it's unreachable, but it actually was quite reachable. So it's, that was, I think, the biggest surprise. Okay, and, and, and I mean, your, win, uh, your, 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 your winning silver on, on Friday, 
How much belief does that instill in the other young guys in that MTN Quebecer that a guy who's been riding alongside them, training alongside them, has now achieved something great? How much belief does that put in, into their minds and into their hearts, knowing that they can do it too? Yeah, well, I really hope it does. It does inspire them, and uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it will give them some confidence as well. Louis, give us some some advice for for youngsters who who are perhaps sitting at home listening to this, and they. They're pretty good cyclists. They're there or thereabout, and they they're really trying hard to to knock on the door of, of perhaps a European team or or maybe trying to get into the the, the MTN Quebecer sort of program. What advice could you give to someone like that who's who's there or thereabout but is just looking to kick on? Um, I think hard work and discipline. That's that's the only answer. If you if you are willing to put in the hours and you are willing to put in the effort, there's no reason why you can't be a professional cyclist. So I would just say, yeah, hard work and determination. That's what that's what it takes. Because you you mentioned you mentioned a guy like Chris Froome and a guy like Daryl Impey being being role models. You understand that you're in that position now to a lot of youngsters back home in South Africa. Oh uh, well, <laughs> I'm still kind of getting used to that idea, but I guess so. It must be a cool feeling, though, Louis. I mean, going into the race, did you did you realistically think you had a chance of of podiuming that race, or did, or did you just want to be competitive and be there or thereabout? Uh, well, I, I knew it was never impossible, but yeah, it's, it's all championships, and you never know really what to expect. So, yeah, it was it was just making sure I'm competitive, and but in the back of my mind, it knew, I knew it wasn't completely unrealistic. <laughs> and and Louis, I, I hate to ask this question, but I think I need to ask it. The big pro continental teams were were obviously out there, and the scouts were were watching the youngsters racing. Uh, any any interest from from other big teams, possibly a team Sky, or uh, I, I mean, looking at, at signing you perhaps for for the future? Well, at the moment, it's <laughs> there's there's a lot of talk, but nothing really happening. So yeah, maybe in years to come, but I think for now, I'm happy with MTN. Yeah, I mean, MTN, it's it's a great story, isn't it? I mean, if if you think about the the, the story behind it and where it's coming from and the ideals and what, what MTN and Quebec are, are hoping to achieve, it must be pretty cool to be part of, of, of history being made. Yeah, it's, I think it's pretty cool. And it's it's pretty amazing being a part of a project like MTN Quebec. I mean, we're racing and we, we compare it to cyclists, but we're also helping helping the community. So it's like a, it's like a win-win situation. We get to do good work and enjoy ourselves at the same time. And then, Louis, tell me, tell me a little bit about some of the other guys on the team. The the team's made some some great signings this year. Guys with with quite a bit of experience, uh, and there's also quite a few youngsters like yourself that are are on that team and and performing really well. You've had you've had a great a great year this year from from an MTN Quebec side, but. Oh, Tell me a little bit about some of the guys on your team that if somebody's listening to this and they're not quite sure who to look out for, who who are the names in that team that really stand out for you? Oh well we have a team that's well balanced. We've got a lot of a lot of young guys that yet to gain experience and they learn from the older guys like uh Gerald Turlick and now Lionel Kuderman. So yeah, well that's it's pretty much set up that way so that all the Africans can learn from the experienced Europeans. And 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 sort of ambitions and, and goals for you. Ultimate, like in in the best case scenario, if all your dreams came true, what would you want to see? What would you want to achieve in in your cycling career before you you hang up your wheels? In a few, uh, I think just to be established pro cyclist. That's that's the main goal to to make sure I can keep on doing this as a career. That's 
that's the main goal. And, and looking at the Grand Tours, something like the Tour de France, the, the Vuelta, perhaps the Giro, I'm taking it those are on your, your bucket list that you would love to race those three Grand Tours? Yeah, those will all be extras. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's a dream to ride a pro tour and to win a stage or to even win a pro, uh, a pro tour. That will all just be dreams and hopefully they do come true. <laughs> That's awesome. Louis, uh, once again, congratulations on your silver uh, last week. It was, it was a superb race to watch. We were so excited here at home. You have no idea uh, how proud you've made us, and, and it's great to see you flying the flag overseas. And we look forward in, in, the, in the years to come to seeing you racing races like the Tour de France, the, the Giro, and the Vuelta, uh, and, and possibly winning stages and, and possibly going on to win the, 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 the entire tour. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on your show. Cool, chatting to Nolan Hoffman today. We've been out at the, the Go West cycle race out in Mukhali City. Uh, it was 145 kilometers that the elite race today in a, a top field. Good prize money out here today. And the winner, Nolan Hoffman. Nolan, congratulations on your win today, man. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, perfect conditions today and really everything fell nicely into place for, um, for us. Uh, the team rode well and uh, the, the finish uh, suited me perfect, you know. A downhill sprint with my track background. Couldn't have um, asked for more. No, no, it, it was an interesting one. Obviously, there's big purse, purse yesterday, big prize money, so, so no one could get away off the front of the group. I mean, everybody kept pulling them back, so it, it turned into a great sprint at the end. Yeah, definitely, and um, especially with a, with a prize purse, you know. We always knew that um, we, were, we had one card to play with me, and at the moment, um, I've been sprinting really well, you know. Uh, the team had huge confidence in me, and, and the plan was uh, from the word go to, to keep it as a bunch, and uh, like you say, the prize purse... It motivated everybody to, um, to, 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 to let it come down to a sprint. No one really wanted to get away because they were looking after their sprinters and worked into my favor. Uh, happy to have uh, walked away with the 40,000 and uh, uh, well done to the team, you know. Yeah, actually, I mean, it, it is the team effort and, and, and the guys that rode for you today, I mean, they, they put themselves out there and, and work hard to keep you in the bunch up, up front. Yeah, incredible, you know. Um, the wind wasn't as bad, but like in the last uh, 30 Ks, uh, MTN was handing it out, you know, because they don't have a really dominant sprinter and they were giving it to us, you know, they were attacking one by one, one after the, uh, after the other. And uh, my team, um, James Perry, Miles, they rode really strong in the last 30 Ks to to control it with Bonitas in, in order for me to sprint. And it's never easy if you have guys attacking to control the peloton, you know, and especially with a headwind like that. It was uh, nail-biting. We caught the, the last attacker in the last two Ks, and um, I always knew I can look after myself on that downhill, so it was perfect. Cool. No, it's been a great year for South African cycling, if you think of what's happened on the European circuit with Daryl in yellow at the Tour de France, Chris Froome with his South African connections winning the race. Yeah. But then if you look at the World Champs this weekend as well, Louis Mankey's finishing yeah. second. I mean, it, it bodes well for South African cycling. From a personal perspective, what, what's your sort of ambitions? Where do you uh, want to go? One word comes to mind, inspiring. You know, it's, it's, it's really South African cycling in the past two years has just gone... On the up, you know, with Daryl in the yellow jersey, it's been phenomenal, you know. You couldn't have asked uh, um, for better uh, results in th than that, you know. And Louis coming uh, second yesterday, the other day, it was incredible stuff. I mean, it had me on the edge of the seat and I'm rooting and shouting for him. Um, myself, I'm also pretty much up there, you know. Um, last year, I got second in the scratch race, the World Championships. And um, this year, my, my goals is to go for... The World Cups uh, again, and 
hopefully next year I can go one better at the scratch race in Colombia. But uh, really inspiring. Everybody is motivated. It, you can see it in the racing. The MTN um, Quebec team, the racing is much harder and the level is hard, it's higher. It's, it's harder to to win races nowadays, you know, and it, it, it makes it, it makes good for building the younger guys and hopefully in the next five years we'll have more South African pros in Europe and riding there up alongside Louis and uh, and Daryl, you know, and exciting times to come, especially with, with the MTN um, Pro Conti team in South Africa now at the moment as well, so if you're a young guy, you should be motivated and riding your bike there you know we I'm, I'm sure that we'll see good things in the future to come it gives you a lot of belief with a guy like louis who's who's, who's done so well and it's guys that you've raced against that you know if he can do it you can do it definitely you know you you've seen the guys um six months uh, ago next to you on the start line and 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 it's success breeds success you know it's that's that's how it goes in the sport of cycling and the young guys now they might, there's opportunity through mtn you know and you can see now it's evident their, that their program is a success and the guys are starting to show, you know, they have had an incredible year in Europe campaigning there and um, the, the results are starting to pay off now, you know, and hats, hats off to all those guys that's putting in the effort and getting the results, you know. Hard work pays off in the end. Exactly. Nolan Hoffman, congratulations once again. I'm going to let you go and celebrate. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been an interesting show this week on Cycle Talk SA. Two great South African riders uh, just blazing a trail. And I thought, you know what, I wanted to chat average cyclists as well. And I've been in the process of uh, getting a bike for my wife. And it's, it's been an interesting one, to say the least. Chatted to tons of bike shops, ended up buying one. Uh, funnily enough, ended up buying it uh, from Mike Hewlett, the Complete Cyclist. Mike, welcome on to the show. Uh, it's good to have you on, by the way. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure chatting to you guys. Mike, the reason I wanted to chat is obviously the, the big cycle race that's coming up uh, in just over a month from now is the Momentum 94.7 Cycle Challenge. You're just seeing it every single weekend. More and more people out on the roads, especially up in Gauteng. And more and more girls taking part, which is very, very cool as well. But I wanted to touch base just from a girl's perspective, uh, especially from a novice what to do, what should you take out on the road. I mean, so much can go wrong that you you don't want to talk it up that it's, it's bad to get out there, but you need to be prepared in case something does go wrong. So from a, from a spares in that perspective and, and just from a safety perspective, what should girls be taking out on the road with them? Look, I think, you know, it's, a, it's an important point to talk about this sort of thing. We all, we all take part in this lifestyle of cycling, and um, no one should be excluded because they don't have someone to ride with uh, or someone knowledgeable to ride with. So it's, it's quite important to equip yourself both with the know-how and the tools um, should something go wrong. And it, it's not something drastic that needs to go wrong. It can be something as simple as a puncture um, that can ruin someone's uh, ride and leave them stranded out in the middle of nowhere. And that, in turn, to me, uh, causes a bit of risk of safety. You don't want to be in, in, a, in the middle of nowhere by yourself, especially if it's, if it's a group or even two or one woman um, by themselves. So, from my, from my side, uh, from a, you know, as a, as a brand, complete cyclist, we, we really want to, and I'm sure there's other brands in the, in the industry that want to do this, but break down the barriers of, of this daunting sport that is cycling. Um, and people get into it and so often walk into a bike shop, but you know, it's quite an intimidating environment with these racing snake chiseled leg guys trying to explain, you know, what sub three race they've just done. Um, and all that person wants to know is, you know, what bomb adapter they should be taking on a ride. So the, the basics of what women, specifically women should be taking with, um, 
is, is not dissimilar to anything else it's, as anyone else would be taking with it. It's a full list of spares. Um, when something goes wrong, I'm talking in terms of puncture, you're going to need to have a tube with you. If you are going on a long enough ride, I normally take uh, two tubes. Uh, you can get away with taking one tube, and then they've created a product that's been on the market for quite a while now. It's called a glueless patch. It's effectively a tube patch with a high-density sticker, uh, and that can repair a damaged tube and allow you to use that tube again and get home. It's not a permanent fix, but it is going to get you home if you do take one tube and have two punctures. So that's quite a nice one to take. Um, the next item after that is tie levers. Tie levers are, are a, it's a cycling-specific spanner, if you will, or, or lever that takes the tire on and off the, the, the rim. The, a lot of guys or girls who know what they're doing can do it with one. I'd suggest people taking two. They normally come with a clip so you can take it off the rim tip it onto a spoke and then remove the other side of the bead just allows you to do it a little bit easier um, and not breaking a fingernail or something like that. Um, all important to the look of cycling. You know? um, then to inflate the tire, you obviously need some sort of an inflation device. Your options there are bombs. Bombs are CO2 canisters. It's, uh, it's compressed air. You get them in different sizes. I wouldn't suggest anything smaller than a 16-gram bomb. Um, you really don't need those 16-gram bombs you can then use on mountain bikes. You do get bigger bombs now. Um, people refer to them as 29er bombs, but uh, you don't really need to be carrying those on a road bike, especially now leading up to the Momentum 94.7. Uh, the other option with a bomb is you're going to need to take a bomb adapter. That's the, lead, the, the, the valve which connects the bomb to your tube and allows you to control the airflow and inflate it. If you don't opt to go with bombs, bombs are just quicker and easier. Um, they do end up... Uh, costing a bit, but you're replacing a bomb every time they aren't reusable, you, do, you, you can get a handheld pump, uh, which you can either fit in your pocket or fit on the bike. Um, and that, that basically a, a list of things that you should take with you. The only other item that I normally throw in there is a little box of, of goodies. In that is a, is a valve adapter that converts a small Presta thin valve to a thicker valve called a Schrader, otherwise known as a car valve or auto valve. And that's if really things go crazy, you can, you can adapt it to fit a car, uh, petrol station, uh, nozzle. So you can inflate it with air. Just remembering, of course, that those are all geared to inflate vehicle tires up to about two, maybe two, between two and three bar. And you're, you're going to need to go closer to eight. So you are going to just be able to get home, um, on not a very hard tire. So that's a list of things that you should be taking with you. I don't know if there's anything else that you you would question in that list of the cyclists yourself. No, Mike, you know you know what the amazing thing is? I love doing these shows because I learn stuff. I mean, I've been riding for a hell of a long time, and, and you, you talk about taking one tube. I always carry like two or three because I've got the worst luck. I mean, if yeah. I'm gonna if if someone's gonna puncture in a group ride, it's me. And if somebody's going to puncture multiple times in a group ride, it's me. I've never heard of that of that adhesive patch before. That's the first that I've heard of it. That that's flipping awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a quick fix. Um, look, I've used one and forgotten to change it and, and used it the day after, and it's been okay. Uh, but as I said to you, it's not perfect. It's not permanent. But you know, chances are you do go out and and have two punctures, and then you're left stranded somewhere. You either need to get a lift home, you need to call a a loved one, or a, um, soon to be ex friend um, who's got to drive drive out two hours to come pick it up on the other side of the the cradle. So it, it's a nice have just to get home if, if things go crazy. Just remembering, of course, that if you need to inflate a tire twice and you're using something like bombs, you need to take a second bomb. You can't take two tubes 
and take one bomb. You're not then going to have a full solution if you do have two punctures. Yeah, true. So you need to gear yourself that that all lines up. If you take two of anything, you need to take two inflators with two tubes. Mike, I, I don't know if you would, would sort of agree with this, but when I sort of learned how to change a tire, I practiced it before I headed out because the last thing you want to do is get out on the road. You're two hours away from home. You get a puncture. You've got all the gear, but you don't actually know how to use it. Well, it's, it's exactly that. It's, 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 it's all the gear and no idea, as they say. Um, and someone once said to me that you know, the, the, the best multi-tool you have is one you know how to use. Um, and it's, it's quite true, and it and extends across all the products you're going to carry with you, and right down to the bomb adapter and bombs that you're going to use. Not only tubes and tires and changing those sort of things, practicing, but um, using a bomb for the first time. Uh, when I started cycling, I got it wrong. Uh, you're also going to come across dead bombs, uh, which do happen. You know, you put it in, you, you pierce the bomb, and, and it's actually empty. And, and that's just a manufacturing defect. Uh, probably happens one in every two million bombs, but it does happen. So it is something you need to consider is, is actually practicing with a bomb, with a tire, practice changing it, um, remembering, of course, that in some circumstances you're going to be in a race environment, and while you're not racing, you are going to be tired. You're, you're going to be hot, you're going to be sweaty, um, and you're going to need to remember how to do things um, in, a bit of a, in a bit of a flustered state. So keep calm, know what you're doing, um, and, and change it, uh, you know, practice at home and get to know how to use those things and um, get to know how to do it properly. Yeah, without a doubt. Mike, I don't know if there's anything else that we haven't covered. I think that's, that's pretty, pretty cool just from a, a basic uh, yes. perspective. Uh, from what girls would, would need out on the bike. And it's not just girls. Obviously, guys need them too. So if there's a, a novice Absolutely. guy that's listening to this, that, that's great advice for him too. For sure. Look, I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of other tips I'll just run through quickly um, that do certainly help when you're doing this kind of thing. But when, you, when you're taking the wheels on and off the bike, there's a couple of tricks. Obviously, you need to loosen your brakes. Most brakes have a quick-release lever that just widens the brake pad so that you can get the tire through because often the tire being used is slightly wider than the rim. Um, and you need to release that. Um, remembering, of course, that if the tire is flat, it's going to go out easy, but when you inflate it, it's not going to go in easy. So just release it to start with. And then the easiest thing to do when it comes to gears, because that's also quite difficult, is put it into the bottom gear on the back, because you'll be taking your rear wheel out if you take that out, uh, so that when you put it back in, you just put it back onto that same gear. It just makes it a lot easier, because you could take it out and it's on the top gear and you put it back in and it's on the bottom gear and that's never ever going to line up and you stand there trying to work out why your frame is now skewed and it wasn't skewed when you took the, the wheel out um, and it's just simply a case of the gears not being aligned and um, that just makes changing things a lot uh, a lot a lot easier yeah especially and then with yeah so yeah that's especially on, yeah i mean that 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 counts for the back one i mean the front one there's obviously no gears and, and the back one is the one that creates most of the problems i think when people do first start changing yeah. punctures yes for sure and i mean obviously you've got gears and you, you don't really want to rest your bike down on its gears so the easiest way to do it it's not nice for a lot of people but you either left leave a lean a bike on its left hand side away from the gears so you're not bending hangers and gears and any of the soft components on the, on the, or the, the delicate components on the right-hand side. The alternative is to turn the bike upside down. Um, but just remembering, of course, that you've got bicycle computers, uh, four, five, six, and plus thousand rand, uh, um, Brighton, Garmin, um, and uh, power tap type units on the top of your bike that you could damage or scratch. 
So just keep that in mind when you're turning the bike upside down in a flustered state. Cool, absolutely. And then there was one more that you were just going to, that I, sorry, I interrupted? Yeah, I know the other one was just in terms of prevention. You know, prevention is better than any sort of cure. Um, check your tires regularly. The rear tire is almost definitely going to wear out quicker than the, the front tire, just because of that's where all the drive is going through. Uh, you can see a tire is worn out uh, as it creates a bit of a flat spot on the top. And then also just look for any sort of cuts, cuts and glass. I know myself personally, before any sort of big race, you um, deflate the tire slightly with your pump or deflate it at home. And then take a small knife and just run around the tire. What you'll do is you'll find small pieces of glass that have lodged themselves in the tire and haven't yet caused a puncture. But uh, with something else pushing it in there, that'll, that's just then cause for the next puncture. So you want to check that kind of thing and then inflate it back up to the normal pressure that you should ride at. And that should just um, it pre- prevent more, um, prevent you having too many punctures. Obviously, you can't prevent um, all the punctures. Um, but you can prevent uh, as many as you can. Yeah, Mike, that's spot on. I mean, the tire, I mean, uh, how much wear you've had on, obviously, the more worn they are, the more chance you've, you've got of, of puncturing, but also good yes. quality tires, making sure you've got, got good quality tires on the bike too. That makes a big difference as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of bike stores are, are good at this sort of thing. I think as an industry, we're getting better and better. Um, when people want to look for something, go in and, and ask for something, and you're going to be, dictating to the sales and what type of tire you're looking for. You're either going to be looking for something that's completely bomb-proof um, or you're going to be looking for a very sticky, very slick race tire. Uh, when you buy a race tire, race tires are normally lighter. The rubber compound is softer, um, not going to be as puncture-resistant as something that's going to be a little bit heavier with a harder rubber compound. So you've got to, you've got to understand that you can, you, for the speed, you've got to trade off. Uh, but you can get very, very good intermediate tires that are good all-round, what I call all-round racing and training tires because you want to just be able to do everything, both racing and training on one set of tires and not have to change them all the time. If you don't have two sets of wheels, that obviously you can have different tires on each set of wheels. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, uh, as always, been been awesome catching up and, and yeah, some great insight there as well. What I'll do is I'll pop some of those tips on our website too. So, uh, that if people who aren't listening to the podcast uh, come across it, they can, can pick those up too, and it'll be a bit of a resource as well. So all you have to do is yeah. head over to cycletalksa.co.za forward slash 11, and that's where you can get all that info. Mike Ewan from The Complete Cyclist, thank you so much for chatting to us today. I really do appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure. As I said, always is a pleasure. And anything else you need, uh, yeah, give us a shout. Three cool interviews this week on Cycle Talk SA. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you. Uh, And that's it. That's a wrap until next week. If you have any suggestions or comments or if you'd like to let us know something that's happening in your cycling club or perhaps you've ridden a really cool race you'd like to tell the rest of our listeners about, please do be in touch. All you have to do is pop me an email, podcast at cycletalksa.co.za. You can also tweet us if you'd like, at cycletalksa, or you can uh, pop us a message on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com forward slash cycletalksa. That's a wrap for this week's show. I look forward to spending some more time with you next week. Thanks to all three of our guests, Louis, Nolan, and Mike. Really do appreciate your time. From myself, Brad Brown, we'll chat soon. Cheers.